Hey y'all, welcome to the Healing Space Live and Online Chats with Roxanne and Rhonda, the podcast where guests will share information and research on self-love, living a wellness-filled life, how to heal from traumatic events, and more. This podcast is sponsored by Healing Hearts and Minds Publishing, LLC, a new company that publishes books that promote self-love, healthy relationships, avoidance of unhealthy relationships, and much, much more. Check out their first publication, Unhealthy Relationships, Let's Stop the Madness, a guide for those in unhealthy relationships and for those who want to help them. Written by first-time author and co-host of The Healing Space Live and Online, Roxanne Elizabeth Epperson. Visit Amazon.com to purchase the paperback or ebook. Enjoy the show. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of The Healing Space Live and Online Chats with Roxanne and Rhonda. It's Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so this episode we're going to talk about some terminology that has to do with relationships. And we want to make sure that you check us out next Thursday for our regular five o'clock session. And on the last Thursday of the month, please join us for our annual Look at Me Now. And um, we've added a, a subtitle to Look at Me Now. It's Look at Me Now, colon, you bent me, but you didn't break me. How about that? So we're looking forward. We're going to have three phenomenal women share with us their journey um, and their experiences with domestic violence and um, how they have survived it. So on that, I'll turn it over to Miss Rhonda. Hello, everybody. I am so glad to be here again with Roxanne and for all of you listening in with us. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you for everybody who listened to our encore presentation last week. Some of you let me know that you really enjoyed that. So I'm really glad you listened to Tony Porter. He is such an advocate of working in the field of domestic violence, and he's very um, educational. He teaches a lot. So I'm really glad that you were able to watch that uh, or listen to it, however you chose. Along with Roxanne, uh, we're pleased and proud to say this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And we know that we hear a lot in the news about breast cancer awareness, and we never want to take away from that. We want to add to it by saying this is also a very important month for victims and survivors of intimate partner violence. Thursday, uh, well, actually today, you're actually hearing this, is Wear Purple Day. However, we encourage you to wear purple all the month of October, uh, anytime during the month. That is the color. So you to get your little purple ribbon, purple um, jewelry, or just anything, sweaters, something that you can use to talk about domestic violence. And when someone asks you about it, it's your chance to increase awareness. So again, thank you for that. Roxanne introduced our topic. She said we are going to jump into talking about different terms and terminologies for um, relationships. And we're just looking to have fun with this conversation. And this is going to be like a, uh, how should I say it? This is going to be like a part one. We don't know when part two is coming, you know? There's a rap song. I don't know if anybody, I don't know. I wish I knew the name of it, but there's a rap song that at the end of it, it says, this is part one. This is for part two. That song's about 20 years old. <laughs> I don't think they ever did part two. But anyway, we're going to do this ourselves tonight, <clears throat> Roxanne and I. But then we're going to have some guests coming on, and we're going to revisit this and have some other opinions on these same topics. So you ready, Roxanne? Yeah, I am, but I would want to give one more plug before we begin. Okay. So 
this is Thursday. So on yesterday, Rhonda was a moderator on a panel and I'm hoping you will go back and and catch it again, because as some of you know, I have a part-time, no, not a part-time, well, a temporary assignment with the YWCA Greater Pittsburgh. And there we have action conversations on race. And tomorrow, uh, yesterday, Rhonda uh, moderated a panel on how white men can help uh, eradicate violence against women. Am I saying it right, Rhonda? Go, get, go ahead and give the yeah. plug. No, that's okay. fine. Thank you. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. glad you mentioned that people can go back and listen to that. And mm-hmm. if you just go to the YWCA Greater Pittsburgh website, I'm sure you'll be able to find that information. And I'll be there representing my full-time position, Women's Center and Shelter of Greater Pittsburgh as the moderator. And it's male allies and accomplices of um, race and, and anti-violence work. So really, um, it was, I'm sure it was great. So right. um, <laughs> just take a okay. look. <laughs> Okay, great. Okay, now I'm ready. All right. So the first on um, that Roxanne and I, and you know, this is funny, y'all, because we've told you before, Roxanne and I can really debate something. And it is so funny because we've even done it during the podcast. I'll say something and Roxanne look at me and say, well, that's not what I was thinking. Or one time Roxanne made a comment. I'm like, well, I don't agree with that. So this is just us having a chat. That's why it's called Chats with Roxanne and Rhonda. The first mm-hmm. one we're going to look at is in a relationship, we're talking right now about intimate relationships. You know, starting when you say relationship, you can think of mother and child. You can think of employer and um, super, supervisor and supervising. But tonight, we're, or this day, uh, we're really focusing on relationships, intimate relationships. So, Roxanne, what's our thoughts? What's your thoughts? Is what comes first? Are you vulnerable to be courageous? Or are you courageous to be vulnerable? What, what does it take? first um, to do, you know, if, do, am I vulnerable um, and that leads me into be, having courage or do I have to have courage to be vulnerable? And I'm going to say for me, and, and, and I might flip-flop it a little bit, but I'd say for me, personally, I have to have courage to be vulnerable because I can really, uh, I don't believe in Zodiac stuff a lot. Some of that stuff that just really gets to you. Like I am uh, under the sign, the sign of cancer, the crab, and I can go in that shell. I can go in that shell like a crab, uh, particularly in an intimate relationship. And I don't necessarily have to tell you too much. And, you know, and I know it's not fair. I know it's not always, it's not healthy necessarily either. But I can get in that shell and you have to really dig, you know, to get me out of that shell, you know. So I have to find my courageousness in order to be vulnerable, because I'm afraid to be vulnerable in relationships. So that's how I started out. Wow. Okay. So I, like I shared with Wanda earlier, I had to look up the word vulnerable because I hear it a lot and I've never actually seen it written, the, the definition of it. So now I'm a little bit confused, but I need you to just help me understand. So there's the two, um, the, um, What's this, Merriam-Webster or whoever? Anyway, it says a person is in need of special care, support, or protection because of age, disability, or risk of abuse or neglect. Okay, that's one version of it. And it says, and this is a word I can never say, susceptible susceptible (laughs) to physical or emotional attack or harm. So I'm not real sure where the word, where cor- courage comes through in that. Oh, okay. 
So the yeah. way I look at vulnerable is when you are willing or able to take a risk. I don't know if there's other definitions of it. And I've always any. thought about vulnerability being someone who you open yourself up to risk. So in a relationship, if this has the point, and I know a lot of people have this conversation, who said I love you first? Did he tell you first or did you tell him first? You know, um, so in a relationship for me, what I'm saying, it would take a lot for me. It would take a lot of my courage to tell you some of my innermost things, to tell you about past relationships, because that makes me vulnerable. So I see how this goes to that dictionary definition. It then makes me susceptible as you were saying, are vulnerable to how you might hurt me, how you might now use that information against me, whether it may be emotional abuse. And in some, and it, we know with abuse, it's a pattern of behavior that happens over time. So the first time I say something and tell you my partner something and they use it, they may just bring it back in a way that seems real subtle. So I might not even realize that they are if they are a person who uses power control, I may not even recognize that right away. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm vulnerable to that once I open myself up and share it. So let me give you two examples of my experience with that. And um, one is uh, a young man told me, well, a man told me, you never tell your experience of abuse because someone will, they might use it against you, just what you just said, right? Then I get, I ended up going on a date with this guy or in getting involved with this guy. And he tells, and I told him what I had been through. Now I'm thinking, I'm letting you know what I've been through because I ain't taking it no more. So don't, don't be coming up here playing those games with me. I'm not going through it. I'm not having it. Well, he, he tells me later on in the relationship that when I told him that it scared him to death. He oh. said, because, yeah, he said he didn't want to hurt me. But he did. And, he, and it wasn't a physical hurt. He was one of those. It's one of the topics that we're going to talk about at a later date. And I'm not going to elaborate on it. We're going to talk about cheating uh, when we have an audience, because eventually we or we do plan on having call in sessions on our weekly show. So we're, we're, we're working on that. You know, so I think that'll be we'll save that one for the cheating because we did a work. We did one real quick. Um, we did a session with mothers and daughters and my niece and myself. And the conversation ended with cheating and it was, it got so deep. We said, Oh, we need a whole session on this. Cause one woman said she, you know, basically she ain't see anything wrong with it or, you know, everybody has their own opinions on it. So we'll, we'll deal with that at another date, but um, yeah, vulnerable to the risk of, yeah, you're right. So you do become vulnerable to the risk of abuse or being harmed if you open up. So you're saying, and, and your thing was, your the courageous part again. Point that back. My to part was it takes courage for me to open up and share because I feel it makes me vulnerable. That now that I have shared, like you're saying, you shared with the brother about abuse and you know thought it was going to be safe and you know and use it again. And so, see, and now now I would not do that, but it's kind of hard for me not to because my story was in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of people already know what I went through, but, you know, of course, a lot don't. But, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I guess I would just be I, I would be in that shell right along to now. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to play with it in my mind. I don't know how you switch it around. 
you know, I don't want to sound so opinionated that, uh, and I'm really just truly talking about for me and my experience. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how it works the other way that I'm vulnerable, so therefore I can be courageous. I'm trying to play with that. So I guess if I am open, if I allow myself to be vulnerable, I allow myself to trust you enough, I guess that's what it is. If I allow mm -hmm. myself to trust you enough to tell you about my past and some of my trauma history and uh, the abuse that I've been through, so if I'm vulnerable enough to tell you that, then I'm taking, I'm having courage to trust, I guess, that maybe it's, um, it's given me the courage that I need to open up and be honest in a relationship. So I guess that's how it could work in that Yeah, way. yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Because, yeah, you, you know, you, you want to be open and honest and transparent in all relationships, I would imagine. You know, we need to be open and I don't know. I don't know. That's, 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 that's a hard one, but... Um, I don't know. I think I'm 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 on the I'm on the shutdown road right now. I'm like, girl, as soon as you stand, you want to be open in all relationships. I gotta knock my stomach like. Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> well, I guess I didn't mean all. Re I guess I meant like even with friends, or I guess I don't know. No, I mean, open. I mean it's, it's it's just. I just don't, I don't see myself there at this point. I do think it's healthy. I, I'm probably not there either. I don't know. I have to find out. You know. But um, I have been around somebody who is vulnerable and shares and a, a male just was just his just very transparent in his conversation. And um, maybe he shouldn't. Well, I'm glad he did, because what it did was it let me know that he wasn't the one. Because he shared. Yeah, he shared some stuff that I'm like, oh, it was all kind of red flags in that conversation. <laughs> So that was a good thing. And, you know, it, it, I'm glad he did, but I'm like, wow. So I guess it could work for you or against you. Yeah. I had a guy tell me that one time that I don't want somebody to open up and tell me the truth. But I mean, it was like our first conversation, absolutely first conversation. He told me too much. I mean, I'm, I, it was too much for me. So, um, and he took offense that I wasn't ready to receive all that information from him. You know, and I don't remember if we had a second conversation, but I can tell you, I know we didn't have a third. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Okay. So you want to move on to the next word? Because Okay. So the next one is a four-part one, y'all. Oh, no. So get ready to miss this. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to give props to Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud. Now, as I give props to it, if you are sensitive to foul language, don't watch it or don't, don't listen to it. I, I'm just gonna say, mm. <laughs> but there are some really good conversations because um, Kevin himself, and I don't, I'm not gonna name all the other names, but anyway, they call themselves the Cup Boys, and they have conversations about relationships. And then there's one called the Ladies Room. So the Cup Boys, but when one particular episode I listened to for sure, the Cup Boys had also a woman on, on that particular uh, broadcast with them, but it's usually the Cup Boys, and then the ladies were usually ladies. So I got to give a um, thumbs up because that kind of stimulated my thinking to say, hey, Roxanne, let's talk about this. So <clears throat> this isn't um, all from them, but it definitely stimulated some of my thoughts. So one of the ladies' um, conversations, I know they were talking about what do you like? What part of the relationship do you like most? And the mm -hmm. four parts, and then we'll come back and talk about each one. <laughs> Chase, 
the dating part? Or will you, will you have the commitment, now you're exclusive, for the comfortable phase? You know, like, I think people kind of describe that like an old couple, you know. He sits on the couch reading the newspaper while she's, you know, crocheting. I don't know. <laughs> but we're going to talk about each phase, right? So okay. you want to go first? I'm going to first ask that. So Roxanne, what do you like? The chase? The dating? The commitment? It's exclusive. Or like an old pair of shoes. We're comfortable with one another. Uh-uh-uh. Oh, oh, Lord. <laughs> well, I can tell you, well, hmm. dating, I don't know. I really don't even know how to really, really answer this, but I, I it, because it's been such a while since, I, since I've been, even wanted to be in a serious, committed relationship that it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to be negative. <laughs> Because I, I do believe that if, if the Lord blesses me with a mate, I will um, gladly accept him. Okay. But right now I ain't feeling none of them. But anyway, <laughs> I think I like the commitment in the comfort phase. I, I think the comfort phase is, like you said, old folks, just you, you've been through it all. You, you've traveled the world. You've had all kind of fun. You just enjoy each other's company. And I know a lot of couples in, in my circle that, and I always say, I'm like, look at them. They still like each other because they, I can, I can feel the comfort with them and they're, they're they mm-hmm. travel and they, they're doing all kinds of things together. And I'm like, they've been married over 20, 25, 30 years. One yesterday, I just found out this weekend, they've been married 40 years. Well, 40, 36 years. Okay. They've been married 36 years. And, and every time I turn around, they're traveling here and there. Oh, we're just coming back from so-and-so. As a matter of fact, that's going to be one of the couples that we're going to interview for healthy relationships because they're just too darn cute. So, um, yeah, I like I, I, I could and I could see the comfort in that. So I could I could see growing and getting to that point. But the, the chase now, the chase, I don't think we women. Well, I don't know if women do the chasing or not, but I was told by Huh? Not biblically. <laughs> and because I know the men do the chasing, and once they catch you, they don't want you no more because that's not that's the whole thing. It's all about the chase. Now a man told me this. Who's in, who's like that, right? Say that again. That's only for men who are like that, that just want to do the chase, or women, but you refer to it as a guy. You said a man likes to chase you, and then after he gets you, he doesn't want you. I think that's just for that particular kind of guy who that is all he wants. You know, he just wants to do the chase, see if he can get you in off, go get you in bed. We know that. See how far he can get with you. And then he's done. But I do believe, and as you just said, if the Lord bless you with a man, you're going to be open to that. You're going to be vulnerable to receive that. But um, <laughs> I think that there are, I know there are people, and I'm going to say men or women because we can't just limit it to men, right, uh, right. non-binary people as well. That, you know, I think there are people that definitely just want to do the chase. They don't want the commitment part. They don't want that phase. They don't want to get into the comfort zone and settle down. The chase is fine and they're going to move on. You know, I work a lot with youth and I try so hard to tell them. um, And it would obviously be true for adults. Just say it, you know, just say it in the beginning. Because the thing is, there's usually somebody out there who wants the same thing you want. It's just that, but I don't leave. I think the problem comes on is like when you describe, he just wants to change, right? I think the problem comes in when 
he or she, but when that person gets with somebody, we're going to use he this time. So I think when he gets with somebody and he knows he's only about to chase, don't go looking for the woman who's, who wants the commitment. Because a woman, is, she's going to carry herself that way if she wants the commitment. There's a certain way she's carrying herself. There's certain mm-hmm. places she goes, certain places she doesn't go. Because she's mm-hmm. looking for commitment, you know. And if you know that, or if she's told you that, I don't care whether she told you first, second, third conversation you all have, fourth conversation. Once she tells you she's looking for commitment and you know you're about to chase, tell her and or move on. Move on. You know how I say tell her and move on, not and or. Tell her and move on, you know, or if she, you tell her and then she says, well, you know what? I still want to stick with you. I just want to see what might happen. Then in the end, if you leave because that's all you wanted was, well, at least you told her, you know. Like I said, I try to tell my young guys, I work with a lot of young men, um, but just try to tell them just, just whatever you want, be open with that. I think the same thing with all the, all four phases here. If you just want the um, chase, if you want the commitment, if you want the comfort part, if you want to just date and chill, you know, and that's not Netflix and chill or chill and Netflix. I always mix that up. I don't, they don't even say it anymore. I don't know. But, um, but I'm just saying, if you if you want just a dating part, whatever it is, I think you should be honest about it. You know? Well, I'll, okay, so I'll, I'll take back part of it because... Um, that I would that would be a stereotype the way I had said it like all men are looking for the chase you know and it, it kind of reminded me this is off topic just a little bit but the um there was uh, I've heard Steve Harvey and a couple other men they don't believe that a, a man can have a strictly um a, a relationship with a female without that they always want to have sex with this female that they're being a friend with and I just don't believe that. And it was other men that were saying that that is not true. I got friends that ain't no way in the world I'm thinking about sleeping with her because that that's my girl. It's just not. Everybody's not horny, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, um, but no, I like I like the comfort stays. I I, I I don't know. I don't know. Commitment. They're all good. They're, they they all have their pluses and their minuses. I would imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I would too. I would yeah. chase. Um, I, I guess when it, I guess I think about it when it's done respectfully, it's fun, you know. Um, they're like, well, the people kind of the cat and mouse game, you know. I can come here, no, go away, you know. I think that could be fun when it's done respectfully, you know. Um, because I, I, I am going back to our first being courageous and vulnerable. You know, like I just said, the guy who told me everything with the first conversation, I'm done. I don't want too much all at once when we first start out to get to know each other. I don't want too much all at once. So mm-hmm. I think the chase is very important to me. I have to have a little bit of that, you know. Um, I guess really I'm at that time I'm evaluating and basing on if I think this is um worthy. And I don't mm-hmm. mean is he worthy of me. Is mm-hmm. it worthy of each other in our time? You know, let's just find out a little bit about each other. I think there can be a lot of fun and humor um, doing the chase part. You know, again, take level when it's done respectfully. So. And I, I don't know that I've ever experienced a, a chase. Is it? It seems like I've just been dating. You just you meet somebody and you start dating them, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I have to go back on my memory bank and see if they're. I, if, well, I've been chased now. Whether I've chased anybody now, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you, know you know, but um, but no, it's it's all good. Yeah, this this, it's all good. That comfort part is the one for me. Like, yeah, I like I, that. 
You do, I don't. I was you don't like comfort? Mm-hmm. I was in a relationship where I, I don't know. I, I, the comfort for me is sort of like the lazy phase, you know? And I still want to be real energetic and like, you know, like my brother and my brother and his wife, they still have a date night every week, you know? You often hear couples nowadays talk about a date night, you know, they still have a date right. night. I want to keep that kind of energy in my relationship. And I think when you get to the comfort zone, but I'm not saying we can't be comfortable within our commitment to each other. That, that's, that's wonderful. And yeah, is it time to just sit back on the couch and eat some popcorn and watch a movie? Yeah, that's fine. Doing that on a regular basis where it's routinized. That's what, that's what it is for me. I think of comfort as being routinized. You know, we all, we know each other's rhythm so much and so well that it's just like, it's not enough in there. Let me say this and um, we can move on, but and unfortunately the woman, uh, the wife in this relationship passed away and they was Kathy, but Kathy's husband said to me one day, you know what? He called about a woman named Catherine and his name was Thaler. I hope it's okay. I've shared her name. They're a very loving couple. She was fine. I shared her name. But Thaler said to me one time, you know, and they've been married about 20 years, I think, at this point. He said, you know, I'm still finding out new things about Catherine. I still find out after all these years. I'm bracing myself for him to tell me something very like impassioned and, uh, you know, like, wow, that's deep. I, yeah, I think he's going to say something deep. And I guess it was deep. He said, I never knew she liked the candy bar, which is a good bar. <laughs> wow, but if you really hear the love in that statement, like, he was still finding so much out about his bride, his wife, for 20 years. And he didn't mm-hmm. know that she liked that certain candy bar. And that was enough to make him feel something. You know what I'm saying? So wow. there was still energy in their commitment without it feeling. That to me wasn't saying it was rooting out. You know, like same old, same old every day. Okay. So I guess I wasn't, look, I wasn't looking at comfort like that. Right. I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at it as like, um, I'm just so, we're so like all of the, so used to each other, we just enjoy each other's company so much. We're just so comfortable with each other. I'm looking at it like, and the thought of trying to get that in with a new person, you know what I mean? Like if this that relationship was to end, like your, your friend, your, your couple you're just talking about, no, he has to go through all of that again, maybe if he decides to get a new mate in his life, you know, and just to go through all of that again and getting to know them all over again. It's like, oh, that's just too much. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, do I, I don't feel like learning all that stuff right now. <laughs> You're at the comfort zone in your own relationship. Just be like, I'm comfortable, yeah, with, I'm comfortable with me. I'm comfortable with me, huh? Comfortable yeah. in my own space and place, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, you know. But like I said, I, I would accept that if it was to come. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Oh. So, so are we done? We want to move on to the next one because I know we only have a few more minutes. You want to oh, do you know what? But before we do that, let me introduce our new sponsor. How about that? Yeah, we have a new sponsor, the Lutheran Settlement House. Excuse me, Lutheran Settlement House in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Rhonda is going to share a little bit about them. So Lutheran Settlement House has a lot of services, and our sponsor is that their bilingual domestic violence program. Their bilingual domestic violence program offers services for survivors of domestic violence and dating violence. 
and they have a plethora of services to help people who are living with intimate partner violence, who are trying to flee a intimate partner violence relationship. They offer counsel for children and for adults also. Um, it's actually, um, even though I've worked in domestic violence, and of course I love my own um, organization I work for, I have to say, if the one I work for is my number one, I have to say that, my the sponsor is definitely my number two. I love Lutheran Southern House. I actually donate to them um, because they I like the way they treat people and how they do their programs. So it's Lutheran Southern House Bilingual Domestic Violence Program. If anyone from Philadelphia area is listening to us, it's located at 1340 Frankfurt Avenue. That is at the zip code 19125. And whether you're in the Philadelphia area or not, their 24-7 hotline number is 866-723-3014. Thank you to our Lutheran Settlement House Bilingual Domestic Violence Program. Thank you very much. We, we really appreciate you. Okay, so we're going to want to close this out with our last word. All right. Word. So, all right. So um, our last one, we're not going to talk about cheating because we're going to save that for the future. So the last one we're going to talk about is love versus life. Now, I will say that I did hear this on the ladies' room uh, on the um, Kevin Hart Laugh Out Loud. And boy, did I laugh out loud when they were having <laughs> this conversation. So... The one woman, and I, I'm sorry, I can't say their, I don't know their name. That's why I can't say them, I don't know. But, uh, the one woman, uh, I think it's three or four of them, I think it's four. But the one woman talked about the fact for her that once you get in love, that she doesn't have to like you. And the other woman was like, what? Girl, what you talking about? Oh, what, what do you mean you don't like them? How are you going to love them and not like them? But she was really trying to explain that once you get to the point that, for her, once she gets to the point that she loves you, it doesn't matter if she likes you because love is going to prevail. It's going to take care of everything else in that relationship. So even if her partner did something that she didn't like about the partner, um, she's not. it doesn't matter. She's not going to hold it against that person. It's not going to break them up. It's not going to end the relationship. It's like, well, I love you now. Now, it's funny because that's how I am with my female friends. Once I love you, as you you're my girl, you know, like, I trust you. You know my secrets. You know, even if we have uh, fallen out, it's just going to be temporary. It's just going to be temporary because, you know, but if you're that, and I'm not on that level yet. And right now, I'm just talking about a female platonic relationship, friendship. But if we're not on that level, you do something, I'm easy to break you off. Now, we're just going to be speaking buddies. We're not hanging out. I'm not calling you. And, you know, we're not going to the mall, the movies, or anywhere else together. So, in an intimate relationship for me, I understand what the sister was explaining on the radio, I really do. That now once I love you, that's going to cover that. It, it's, our, it's like a blanket. It covers everything. So there's going to be things I don't like about you, you know. But what was important is, and I'll say this is for me as well, is you got to like them first. You got to go through the stage of liking them first, you know. But the other women on the show, was, they just was like, well, I, the other, some of the other women were saying, well, I have to like you no matter what. You know, whether I love you or not, I still have to like you because they equated that to like, I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. I want to be in this relationship with you. So that's how they was looking at like and love. So Roxanne, what are you coming with the like or love? 
I I I agree with the like for you. Have, I can't like I can't fall in love with somebody I don't like. I don't understand that. That's even with um, I have a, a family member who I love, but I don't like. Okay. So, I mean, I love this person. Well, this this person is no longer with us. But anyway, I love this person, but I didn't like them. Okay. So if okay. I'm going to be in an intimate relationship with somebody, I can't imagine not liking them and being in love. It's a little different. It's a, the, the person that I loved and didn't like, I had, they were too close to me for me not to love them. And I, I'm not going to share who the person was, but yeah, I, I have to like you, You're, you know, how do, how do you get to love? You have to, don't you have to like them first to get there? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess this is an individual, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, say that again. I guess as people are listening in, they can let us know, you know. And we'll give you the email address at the end. You can email us and give us your thoughts on what you think about like or love. She was saying she liked him first. But once it got to love, it didn't matter, you know. It's I don't know. Like mm-hmm. out once, and, and that could be misinterpreting how you describe what you mean by comfort, but I'm hearing it as once you're in that relationship and you're comfortable, it's just like, you know, I, I love this guy, you know, my husband, this is my partner, I love him. I guess it's almost like it's like he's a family member now, so how do you stop loving a family member just because they did something that you didn't like? Yeah, or I you guess. don't always like them. Now, I can tell you as a parent, <laughs> Well, sometimes you love your kids, but you don't necessarily like them. <laughs> they just put you through too much. And I guess I could be the same way in a relationship, you know. Right. It's like um, I have eternal love for my child. Everybody knows that I believe I'm the best mother in the world. Sorry, <laughs> I could other mom. No, but in all seriousness, I've always loved my child. But um, I'm, I hope she doesn't watch this particular podcast. <laughs> I do remember when she was in that middle school age and I said something about not liking something she did and she was crushed. She she just wasn't ready to hear that. And she really thought I was saying I didn't like her. And I tried to explain it's not I always will love you. And I but she broke that thing down. Well you you said you always love me, but do you like me? And it's like um, so, and I told her that there's times that, you know, the the um as a mother child it was just pressed. There was a lot of pressure, you know. So I can understand the I love you but I don't like you right now phase. I can understand that as a mother so I guess you could really go through that in an intimate relationship, a marriage. You know, I love you, and I'm not thinking about divorce. That's off the table, you know, and I'm thinking about breaking up. But I just don't like you right now, you know. And I guess it could be something because of phase they're going through on their own. Yeah, and I've, I've heard, you know, you see different shows and people interviewed that have been married 50 years or whatever. They say, yeah, there, there was times when we didn't like each other, you know. So I guess that's just normal. You know, yeah, so I, yeah. I wouldn't know until I got into that space to find out what that would be like. <laughs> and I don't know that that's going to happen. Let me see how many years. Well, a friend of mine just found out that now she's 73 and she found out um, the life expectancy for people her age. She has 24 more years on this earth. <laughs> so that oh, means okay. I'm 66. So that means I got quite a few more years left. Too, so maybe I will find out. Yeah. I go through all those phases, chasing, dating, commitment, and comfort, liking right. and loving. Right. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I can I can see it happening one day, but um, 
but I still think I, 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 I can understand where the young lady's coming from. But for me personally, like is a very strong emotion for me that because if I don't like you, I can't get past, I can't get past, you know, I can't grow into love. I agree with you. I have to, I have to like it. But for me, that's that's in the chase. And that's the chase for me. That's why I decide, do I like you? Okay. So give me an example. What happens during the chase? Because I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know if I've experienced that. I'm like, like I said, I'm liking somebody in the dating. Well, we call, we, well, now they text, but you know, I'm going to do it our way, old school. So in the okay. chase, it would be like, we call each other, we might see each other at a party, we may dance. But we're not, I'm going at home with my girls or, you know, whoever I came with, he's going wherever he's going, you know. So it's just like we give each other attention every now and then, not too much. Like, well, for me, I would say not too much because that's when you're moving out of the uh, chase phase. But in the chase, you know, we pay attention to each other. We may do cute little things together, you know, but it's not um, as serious as uh, it's not it's not even dating yet. You know, it's just like um, uh, I, I could describe it even if it was like um, in college. You know, we see each other on campus. We might walk to class together, but then we may not talk to each other for four or five more days, you know. But then when I see you on the weekend, we might be, at, like I said, we might be at the same event together. We sit together at the concert, but then I go into my dorm room. He goes over to his. So it's just like, you know, little. So this is somebody you got a little lightweight crush on or something like that. Crush is a great word. Yeah. Crush is a great word. Or we chase. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Little crush. All right, I'll go for that. All right. <laughs> well, if that's the case, then I did chase somebody one time. <laughs> I think if you gave it enough thought, you might come up to that. I had to think about it. And and you know this, who this person is because you instigated it. Um, so I had a little lightweight. Well, I'm not going to go into all the details. <laughs> but I had a little lightweight crush on this person for a couple of years. And my girl, she runs, she sees him out one night. And she kind of told on me. <laughs> and we, it, it was all good because we ended up having a, a, about a year, uh, whatever. I don't know what you called it. It definitely wasn't a commitment or comfort. We didn't get to that phase. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can't even say it was dating because as a matter of fact, this person, um, he let me know that he, he, wasn't, he, didn't, he wasn't looking for a commitment. So when you say you let, let people know up front, so that was my choice to to, um, to, um, to be with him or whatever it was, knowing that he didn't want a, a commitment. But it's, here's the problem, though. As time went by, feelings started developing with yeah. both of us. And, I, and so then it comes to find out he was seeing somebody else. So I'm like, I just said, oh, you're, you're cheating on me. And he said... No, I'm not cheating on cheating on you. I said, "Oh, you cheating on her then?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's being cheated on. Wow. That's how that went down, you know. And so, and you say, "Do you still stay with it?" Well, this is getting. I, I went into the cheating conversation anyway. Just a little tad. Do you stay with this person anyway? You know. So yeah. we'll, we'll, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna put a pen in it for right right now. I'll finish that conversation when we we talk cheating. So y'all got to come come back and, and hear the rest. See see what happened. Did she stay or did she go? Anger, great anger. But yeah, yeah. So um, so that that's it. So 
What else? What else? We have come to our time, I believe. So I certainly hope that during this um, conversation, this podcast, I hope you all have some food for thought, some things that you can discuss in your relationship, and certainly that you can just discuss with your your bestie. You know, who's your friend? Who you hang out with? Who you trust? Who can you be vulnerable with to open up and have these kind of discussions? If it's your loved one, that's awesome. If it's your best friend, if it's your mom, who is your sister or whomever it is, we hope that you will have these conversations because I think part of the problem is we don't have these kinds of conversations. We don't figure them out for ourselves. So if you notice, Roxanne and I go back and forth and recall, did this happen for us? Is it happening now? Where do we stand on this? So I encourage all our listeners to think about this information for yourself. Figure you out first before you allow anybody else to try to figure you out and tell you who you are. That's a dangerous warning sign. You don't want to be in that kind of relationship where someone's telling you who you are and who you're supposed to be. Again, this is a balance of awareness month. We hope we have done something to help you raise your awareness. And I always like to give you the 1-800-799-SAFE. 1-800-799-SAFE is the national hotline for domestic violence. If you need that or someone in your family or friend, please share that number with them. Thank you. And I'll turn it over to Roxanne for our show. Yeah, so in um if you like she said, if you want to just shout out to us, get in on this conversation before we do our call-ins, because what I would do is um create a space on our website for QA. We're working on that because um um we're actually recruiting women who have in who have um experienced domestic or sexual assault domestic violence or sexual assault to be members of our warriors, healing space warriors. And um, and in that space, it's going to be a private space. It's not going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on another platform. And you'll hear about that soon. Um, we'll have a space in there for Q&A. Um, when we have guests on, if, if we can't get to all of the questions, we'll post the questions and answers in this space. But in the meantime, if you would like to dialogue with us, um, just send us an email at info at warheels.org. And that's info at war. W-A-A-R-H-E-A-L-S dot org. And um, just shoot your questions out to us. And we our podcast is broadcast on um, Apple, Spotify, uh, Audible, Pandora, uh, anywhere, most of the platforms that you listen to your podcast on, you can hear us on Thursdays at 5 p.m. And again, the last Thursday of the month is our live podcast. And this month we're going to have our topic, um, Look at Me Now. We, you bent me, but you didn't break me. And it's going to be uh, three phenomenal women. We might have a couple more, but definitely three uh, phenomenal phenomenal women who are very, very successful. And um, they have some stories to tell. Well, one of them, she's not even a survivor. She's a, uh, and I won't give all the way her stuff yet, but she's a businesswoman who sees, who has seen several women who have been abused and she uses her platform that she has and she'll tell you all about it to encourage women to um to uh, get out of those type of relationships or and she educates them about it so i'm looking forward to um, what she has to say and um so that's that's about it so um we me and Rhonda, we just wanted to let you know that we um i don't know how we're gonna do it. we're just gonna try it huh? <laughs> 
we got, got your back. back. All right. Hey. Thank you, everyone. See you next week. There are two things we would like you to do. Number one, enter our monthly drawing by sending your email address to info at warhill.org. Spelled out, that is I-N-F-O at W-A-A-R-H-E-A-L-S dot org. Put drawing in the subject line. We will notify the winner or winners via email by midnight on the last Thursday of each month. Our second request, engage with us on IG. Follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media platforms at Warheels underscore on IG, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. W-A-A-R-H-E-A-L-S underscore on IG, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. As always, we thank you for listening and see you next week.